You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Have you always wanted to hear the hockey stories told from the press box? For your premier source of hockey prospect news from across the AHL, NCAA, Canadian Hockey League, and international leagues, this is your all-access pass to The Press Zone, a hockey podcast packed with news, analysis, interviews, and entertainment featured on AHLReport.com. Your hosts, Amy Johnson and Rick Stevens, are experienced, credentialed hockey reporters, bringing you stories built from strong connections throughout the hockey community and from inside rinks all across North America. Welcome to The Press Zone. Well, hello and welcome to this week's episode of The Press Zone podcast right here on the AHL Report part of Rocket Sports Media, and a proud affiliate of the Hockey Podcast Network. Uh, We are so glad that you're here with us today. have a lot of Habs prospect conversations to have with you today. It's going to be a fun one here on episode 265. Uh, I'm your host of the show, also the lead correspondent over at AHLReport.com. My name is Amy Johnson, and I've I'm joined in the studio each and every week by my wonderful co-host. He's our president, founder, and editor-in-chief at Rocket Sports, and his name is Rick Stevens. How are you doing today, sir? Doing great. Doing very good. It's a little bit of a heat wave here in Pennsylvania. Nice. No. No. Well, sure. (laughs) No, I'm not. We wait all winter for warm weather. I'm happy with uh, low low to mid-70s. That's warm. Okay, so northern, hot. northern California all, all, all year round. But sure. Okay. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it's going to be above, it's going to be like mid-90s, close to, close. well, over 100 with the heat index uh, for like the next five days. No, thank you. All right. Don't like it. <laughs> Too much. Um, so we'll write this down and we'll wait till January the 8th and... You won't hear me complain. I'll be saying, bring the snow for my birthday, put on a sweater, make some hot chocolate, put some Baileys in it. <laughs> um, it's been a week in hockey land. Mm-hmm. It's been a week. Uh, free agency was, as I said on Habs Hockey Report last week, uh, a little bonkers. Um, the Habs have been quiet but decided to you know really make some waves with uh, finally getting Jeff Petrie traded um yeah it's been lots of things kind of happening so today we're going to talk a bit about more of the the um I should mention for for all of kind of the Canadians focused analysis of things going on in the off season uh you should check out uh Rick and Michael Spinella on the Canadians Connection podcast, our sister podcast, which uh, comes out every Saturday. They had a great show uh, this past Saturday, including being on the air when the breaking news hit that Jeff Petrie was traded. So you get some live reaction of them 
uh, to that, and they'll have some more details about it this coming week. So some pretty quick takes. We were yeah. we were ready to go off the air, and the trade happened, and then the uh, Ken Hughes press conference happened, and so we were able to react both to the trade and and uh, what Ken Hughes said um, quickly. Um, and uh, as you said, next next uh, next week, next Saturday, the twenty third, we'll have uh, full reactions to the trade. Uh, and since then, all parties, Mike Matheson, Jeff Petrie, Ryan Paling, have all met with the media. And so we'll have uh, some clips from, from the, those folks, too. Absolutely. So be sure to check that out at CanadiansConnection.fm. Uh, subscribe to that podcast. Uh, so today we're going to focus kind of on, on what's going on with Habs prospects, particularly at the AHL level. Um, Laval is not waiting until the fall to, to sign all of their contracts. Like a lot of AHL teams, uh, tend to do. They've, uh, the roster is getting pretty full already. So we're going to take a look at, um, just contracts within the organization that have been signed, um, over the last week and, and talk a bit about, uh, what is hopefully going to be a shift in development strategy for the organization. Now that Kent Hughes and Jeff Gordon have taken things over, um, and and kind of as the title of this episode says, manage expectations, um, both of what we could see, what we should see, uh, and what we might actually see. All of those things could be very three very different things. <laughs> so, should we be managing expectations about developing prospects? Um, <laughs> let's get to the, yes. yeah, let's get to the analysis. <laughs> uh, so first and foremost, uh, there were four contracts signed in the Canadians organization this week, four goaltending contracts signed within the Canadians organization this week. Yes, I said that correctly. Four goaltending contracts and guess what? None of them were Caden Primo, uh, still holding on to his qualifying offer, but has not signed a contract extension yet. Uh, instead, Rick, we saw Sam Montembeau uh, re-upped for a two-year one-way deal. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about that in a minute. Kevin Poulin coming back to Laval on a one-year one-way AHL contract. Philippe DeRosier uh, and Joe Verbetic uh, both signing one-year, two-way AHL contracts with Laval, meaning both of those guys most likely will be in Trois-Rivières. Uh, DeRosier was was playing for Trois-Rivières last year. Joe Verbetic, uh, we'll talk to him, talk about him in, in a minute. He is, uh, aside from Primo, the only other Habs goaltending prospect who will be playing um, for for Laval uh, next year. So, so, Rick, you've got Carey Price, you've got Jake Allen, and now you've got Sam Montembeau, You've got, we assume, a contract coming for Caden Primo, Kevin Poulin, Philippe DeRosier, and Joe Verbetic. I mean, there's, do we need any more goaltenders? Always. Always. <laughs> well, none of these pieces are, well, something, yeah. There, there's there's a lot of movement here and, mm. and a lot of uncertainty here. Yeah. Um, Carey Price uh, Kent Hughes, the latest. Kent Hughes said uh, that Carey Price, his knee is reacting well to the platelet injections that he had, but uh, you know it's um, he hasn't been on the ice, and when he, he in the past when he's been on the ice, that's where the inflammation shows up. So uh, the 
it's uncertain whether he'll be ready for October, uh, whether he'll be ready in November or sometime after that. Um, Jake Allen, the phone's ringing off the hook for Jake Allen. There's a, a need for, for goaltenders in the NHL. Um, and uh, Kent Hughes is feeling, fielding a ton of offers. Um, so could he be in play somewhere? Could he be um, leveraged away, spirited away from, from the Canadians? That's entirely possible. Um, so, um, you know, Sam Montembeau, uh, Sam Montembeau is a wonderful guy. He's just well-liked. Um, he's well-liked by the media. Um, and uh, he's just a very nice guy. He's not a particularly good NHL goaltender. He'd be fine in the AHL. Um, but for a team that's expected to be, again, at the bottom of the standings, maybe it's not so bad to have a Sam Montembeau around your NHL team, either uh, backing up a Jake Allen if Carey isn't ready to go, or backing up a Carey Price if Jake uh, decides to move on. I was a little surprised by the term. I was a little surprised I, with, by the two-year. Yeah, silly. Uh, it's just silly. Um, um, there's there's no reason for giving him any term. He had zero leverage. Um, he di- he didn't have a season to build on. He didn't have people lining up to sign him. So um, it's it's simply. Uh, again, uh, this is this is this is the Jeff Molson popularity tour. He wants uh, all good news, all good signings, all fan favorites to be signed, and uh, that's what you get. Well, uh, speaking of that, Kevin Poland's back in Laval. Um, Poland made it pretty clear at the end of the season in his exit interview that he, if there was any way that he could return to, to the rocket this coming uh, year, that he absolutely wanted to do that. Uh, Fans liked him. The coaching staff liked him. Uh, He was, he, he was crew for the times that Caden Primo was hauled up to Montreal. uh, It was the Kevin Pollan show during the regular season uh, for, for a bit of time, both when he was called up and as Caden Primo was kind of trying to find his footing again. Um, and the two of them uh, apparently have a, have a, have a pretty good relationship off the ice and, and, and he plays a bit of a mentor to, to Caden Primo. Um, I was not sure if they would bring him back, um, because of the Montembeau, you know, Montembeau could could be sent down they'd have to pay him nhl salary to send him down but but he could um or if they would try if he makes it through waivers uh, yes uh or if they would try to find perhaps a different ahl veteran goaltender but they've gone back to kevin Poulin for another it's just a one year one way uh for another year um i think the thing that's going to need to you know Kevin Poulin saw one game in the playoffs and then it was the Caden Primo show all the way to the end of the Eastern Conference final. Um, and Caden Primo, to his credit, uh, really kind of changed things around for himself a bit from from the dismal regular season that he had uh, in his playoff performance. It wasn't perfect, but it was a heck of a lot better than, than we've seen him. Um, so in terms of talking about prospects, Rick, you know, we're hoping that uh, there will be a little less of the kind of 50-50 split that Poulin and Primo had this past season and that Poulin will play more of a, a solidified backup-only role 
I would think, hope, hopefully, going into this season. Sometimes you got to take away the uh, the toys from the coaches, and I just worry that that that's um, an issue here because, uh, as you said, they both uh, Kevin Poulin, Caden Primo, each had thirty uh, ish starts. Kevin Poulin, by far. Uh, goals against save percentage, the better goaltender, had an 18-11 um, uh, win-loss record. Uh, Caden Primo, 16-17, and 17. Um, not quite as good. But yes, Caden Primo must start two-thirds of the games regardless of, again, this is not about winning, it's about development. Mm-hmm. Um, Caden Primo must start two-thirds of, of make two-thirds of the starts in uh, Laval uh, next season. And um, Kevin Poulin, yes, he's a fan favorite. Yes, he's a favorite of the coach. Um, he's going to have to, if they, the Canadians are serious about developing Primo, he's going to have to be, uh, to, to, to settle for one third of the starts. And and why do we say that? You know, we, we, we harped on this quite a bit during the playoffs, that if there was one thing that we were hoping was going to come out of the playoffs and Caden Primo getting a very bizarrely heavy workload during the playoffs. I mean, from the second game of the the first round of the playoffs that the Canadians participated, or the the Laval Rocket participated in, until the very last game when they were eliminated, Caden Brimo started every single one of those games, sometimes four games in a week. Um, There was no relief given to him by Kevin Poulin, which is a which was a bit of a head scratcher even with media around the league, uh, where you saw other teams using their tandems to their advantage to rest guys. Um, and so while we didn't necessarily love that approach for Caden Primo, and you could see him getting fatigued towards the end of that deep postseason run, we said, okay, but if this at least gets him the confidence to come in next season and be the true number one goaltender and get a full season in the AHL where he, A, dominates, as we've always said, and B, gets the majority of the starts, that could set him up the following season to potentially move into a backup role, maybe. Kevin Poulin himself even said it in his exit interview at the end of the season that he felt that Caden Primo made some really good strides in the postseason, but that Kevin Poulin himself even said, I think the best course of action for Caden Primo is to spend another full season in the AHL getting a good amount of starts. So hopefully that means that Kevin Poulin's ready to to really take that backseat role and and help push Caden Primo through a dominating season, which is what he needs to have. So why did Caden Primo start all the games that he did after Kevin after he took over the net from Kevin Poulin in the playoffs? It's because he has right now an immature, a, a fragile mental makeup. Uh, for a goaltender, his mental game is is immature, um, and as long as he knows he's the goalie, that that fuels his confidence. As soon as he knows that he could be pulled, even if it even if it's because there's a back to back, or as you said, so many games in a week, as other teams managed, um, we saw very effective um, platooning the goaltenders uh, with the the really odd schedule, demanding scheduling for the AHL playoffs, uh, the coaching staff made the calculation that, um, yes, he was going to suffer physically. Uh, he may not be as sharp in net, but 
Uh, we don't want to disturb that that mental uh, that that confidence that he had because uh, he's just he just isn't able to uh, cope with that right now. He needs to get on a roll. He needs to uh, build his confidence, and certainly, as Jeff Wool said, uh, the defense, the the, and I'll say it again: the best defense in the NHL play in the AHL playoffs, the mm-hmm. Laval Rocket, helped him out to to uh, to a great extent. Um, and Caden was able to um, then get confident, and knowing that he was going to be in that net every single game, um, he played his best of the year. Still, you know, um, he had a really rough year, but he was he. They were able to bolster him through the playoffs that way. So, uh, hopefully, through this season, playing two thirds of the games, having kind of a schedule mapped out um, in advance. So that he knows that he, you know, the reason that he's not starting isn't related to his performance necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's what he needs to be able to understand and and get into that kind of groove. And none of the nonsense of back and forth to Montreal every second minute. Um, no, that, that's been exceptionally disruptive to his development over the last uh, couple of years, and and he needs he needs a stable crease to just build on what he started to to put together in the playoffs. So um, now we did mention there were two other goaltenders who were signed to AHL two-way contracts, Philippe DeRosier and Joe Verbetic. As we, as I said, most, uh, most likely these two will play in 12 Riviere. Um, Joe Verbetic, uh, if you recall, uh, he is a, a Habs draft, uh, a draftee. He is a prospect. He was a seventh round draft pick in 2019? 2021. 21. Yeah, you know. But like Primo, who is also a seventh, seventh rounder. Round pick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, Joe Verbetic has been playing in the OHL for uh, the last couple of years for the North Bay Battalion. Um, and so coming off of um, some good time spent in the CHL, I would like him to see some AHL time mm-hmm. this year. Um, if you're going to have a goaltending prospect, uh, it's okay, fine. Uh, sign him to a two way. If you're not sure that he's going to be able to, uh, sustain in a, in a backup role to Caden Primo. Um, but you better get him into some American league games because the ECHL is not going to be quite the kind of exposure that, that, a that a goaltender at his age is going to need, um, so we have to wait and see. This is there's going to be a lot of wait and see. It's once October, the beginning of October rolls around, and we start to see uh, Laval has all of two preseason games this year. Want to see Joe Verbetic playing a lot? He played 42 games um, a couple seasons ago. Then he had the injury season. Then 45 games last season. Um, 29 and 16 record, uh, six and one record in the playoffs. Um, he was, he was very good. He needs to play a lot. Um, as you said, uh, maybe the ECHL isn't meet his talent level. Um, but if, if he and Kevin Plan can swap places at times, mm-hmm. uh, it would be nice to see, uh, Joe in the AHL and you're not going to miss him. Um, he's a big boy. He's six six one ninety <laughs> thereabouts. Which I mean, Primo is six five. Uh, no, six, no, four? no, no, six three. I six, think three. six six three. Okay, so yeah, this is a, this, he's a tall kid. <laughs> <clears throat> he's a tall kid. Um, so that's how 
you know, everything else for the Canadians goaltending depth is kind of really up in the air until we know more about what's going to happen with Caden Primo or excuse me, Carey Price. And until we know if Jake Allen is going to get traded away or not. Uh, once once we those two things are, are answered, we'll have a better idea of what goaltending rotations should look like. Um, and of course, we've got our eyes out to see when Primo is going to sign his contract. Uh, speaking of contracts, two more uh, forwards were, uh, excuse me, no, um, two more contracts were signed this week by the AHL. Gabriel Bork back again. Uh, this was another fan favorite. I, I see... I see some on Twitter already stumping for him to take over the captaincy from Xavier <laughs> Willette. I'm going to reserve that conversation for another day. <laughs> uh, but Gabriel Borg, abs- uh, obviously a, a fan favorite, very popular with the local Laval crowd. Uh, he was popular with the coaching staff. Um, and, uh, so he's back for another year as well as a new face, uh, Alex Green signing a one-year one-way contract, uh, Alex Green, a defenseman coming from, uh, most recently, uh, coming from the Tampa Bay Lightning organization. He played for the Syracuse Crunch. Uh, so another addition there on the back end. Fourth round pick, uh, that is Alex Green in 2018 by Tampa. And um, yeah, the Syracuse program, as we know, is is uh, quite good. Um, and the Laval Rocket have, have tapped that uh, those players a couple of times in the offseason for signings. They definitely have. So what does all of this mean? You know, we talked at the, at the beginning of the show um, that we were going to talk a bit about managing expectations. And, and kind of leading into that, we look at what's happened uh, in the course of the Jeff Petrie trade. Jeff Petrie wasn't the only piece that left the organization for the Canadians. Ryan Paling also traded to Pittsburgh uh, in that transaction as well. First and foremost, want to wish Ryan Paling uh, nothing but success with Pittsburgh uh, and hoping that he gets some really solid footing underneath of him with a fresh start in a new organization. But With Ryan Paling being traded away, and you've probably seen people chatting about this on social media, that um, prior to 2018 now, uh, Carey Price, other than Carey Price, there there aren't any first-round draft picks left in the Canadiens organization from prior to 2018. Um, That's a lengthy list of prospects that either were picked for the wrong reason, uh, picked by the wrong person in the organization, a.k.a. Jeff Molson, or uh, many times were improperly developed. Of course, you're of course, over the course of, you know, 10 or 12 years, you're going to have have prospects occasionally that just don't work out. But um, that hasn't been the majority of the cases within the Canadians organization. We know that under the Bergevin era, development was a severe issue and a just a stagnant weakness uh, for the Canadians in developing. And most importantly, as Rick always talks about that transition to the NHL game uh, was just where, where development went to die basically. Um, And so with Kent Hughes and Jeff Gordon coming into the organization, they both said at their hirings that they wanted, that they believed the organization needed a new focus and a new, uh, a new goal, new platform for developing young talent. And so are they going to be able to do that starting this season? Are they going to turn that proverbial development tide and really start to put the prospects on a solid path 
uh, to the NHL for those who are capable of doing that? Well, we don't know yet which prospects are going to end up on the NHL roster, but we certainly can take a look at the prospects, basically take a, take a look at how the Laval roster is starting to fill out, both with uh, two-way NHL contracts, meaning these are guys who could play in the NHL or they might start in the AHL or they might go back and forth, um, or one-way AHL contracts, which means these are Laval Rocket contracts that are signed to play primarily in Laval. And when you look at, I mean, it is only the middle of July, and there are already um, six more forwards than they need to to ice a team, and there's already three more defensemen than they need to ice a team, um, and that's not including Laval's two-way AHL contracts that they've signed this year, which we hope means that those guys are mostly going to be playing in Trois-Rivières and they're just there as call-ups if injuries uh, occur and there needs to be uh, some holes filled in. But there's 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 four skaters and two goaltenders that fall under that category as well. So, Rick, we're, gonna, I mean, we're not going to kind of go too in-depth here because it's still just in the very early stages. But when we're looking at how much room there is for prospects to develop at the AHL level, which is the primary purpose of an AHL team these days. Um, you know, it's it's kind of, okay, we've heard Ken Hughes and Jeff Gordon say that they'd like a focus on development. Now, with what's being put together in Laval, will there be the ice time and the availability for that to happen? I should also mention before I before I toss this over to you that you know, we we had said at the end of the season, JF Uhl said at the end of the season that Laval should look a lot different this coming season because there is a boatload more prospects going to be in town than there were this past season. Um, so, Rick, it's from what we see so far. Uh, yes, there's more prospects, but there's a lot of guys on this roster already. <laughs> yeah, it's. It's hard to know what to expect, but, um, you know, at, at the end of a, a difficult season for the Montreal Canadiens, part of the, the hopefulness was the, the influx of, of prospects, of quality prospects. Uh, but for the most part, those prospects aren't ready to play at the NHL level, so they need time in Laval. And we remember when we, we interviewed Jeff Uhl, and he spoke very positively about um, and seemed to understand uh, his role in developing prospects, although he said, you know, there wasn't all that many uh, to work with at that time. Uh, then as the season went on and as um, you know, crowds returned and as fans chose their favorites, um, and once we got to the playoffs, Jeff Will said, listen, um, Development was was then regular season. Winning is now, and apparently it's different. Um, so so don't expect any development in the playoffs. And and he wrote his 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 Alex Belzeals and and um, Danik Martell's hard. Um, and they got all the minutes. They got all the special teams play uh, in the playoffs. So. What are what are we to expect now? And 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 again, let's remind everybody that JF Fool and company, his assistant coaches, were not chosen by Kent Hughes or or Jeff Gordon. 
And we also know that um, that when J.F. Wool was interviewed, he said, well, you know, uh, I know those guys were busy. They had a lot on their plate when they arrived. And so we were kind of on our own and we made our own decisions. Now, are they going to follow along uh, with what they did last year? Or, um, you know, is there going to be a different mandate for them, a different set of directions from Hughes and Gorton saying, um, it's different this year. Uh, you've got more prospects and we want to see you play more prospects. And and I think we were all expecting that. And as you said, uh, J.F. Wool even kind of admitted, hey, our team's going to be a lot different next year. But then the signing started. And then then it was it was the Belzeals and the Gignacs and, and uh, Danik Martell and, and all of the same, Gabrielle Bork, all of the same uh, players. Um, t- to the extent that the Laval Rocket official Twitter account put out a, a meme saying, we're getting the band back together. And my goodness, um, talk about tone deaf. Uh, any roster, any AHL roster is going to be different from the beginning of the season to the end of the season. The two rosters from one year to the next shouldn't look, probably shouldn't look anything like um, one another. That's just the way it is in the AHL. And especially when there's a huge number of prospects coming in, the roster should be radically different. And we aren't seeing that. And that's, that's a little scary for the prospects. So as far as guys who are not prospects who have been signed or re-signed to come back. We've got Nate Schnarr, Alex Belzeal, Peter Abandonado, Danik Martell, Brandon Gignac, Ryan Francis, Brennan Saulnier, Anthony Richard, Mitchell Stevens, Gabriel Bork. That's a long list of guys who have been signed or re-signed who are not prospects of the Montreal Canadiens. Um, and just to note, to the, the number of players who in that, in that grouping have played in the ECHL in last year or in the last couple of years is astonishing, especially because they were given one-way contracts this year. Yes, these, are, these guys all have either an NHL two-way, like uh, Nate Schnarr, um, or the the rest of them have AHL one way contracts. Um, so okay, that's a lengthy list, and we know that there's a lot of turnover throughout the year. Uh, there isn't a there isn't a salary cap to deal with in the AHL. Uh, so okay, that's good to have a lot of extra bodies around. There is a vet role. We'll there just is, we'll, we'll just mention that there is there a vet is role. a veteran role. Uh, so th- there's going to be a certain amount of these guys who are going to have to be in the lineup every night. Um, but if for the rest of them, the only thing that I will say now, the only caveat I will say now is if the rest of them are, are signed, given the understanding that the prospects are going to need to get ice time, then, and they need to be fine with sitting in the press box once or twice a week, then okay. Because on the, and, and right now we're talking about forwards. So on the forward side... There are there's a hefty slate of prospects for forwards. Emil Heineman, Lucas Candata, Raphael Harvey Pinard, Yesse Ulinen, Cam Hillis, 
Jan Meshach, Joel Teasdale, and Xavier Simino. So that's a lot. I mean, that's like three times as many prospects as they had in the whole team last year, and that's just in the forward core. Um, so for me, I want to see as many of those guys in the lineup as there can be every night. Um, and I mean, I think that's exci- like the sad. Th- I don't want to say the sad thing. The thing for me, Rick, is that I it like I'm excited by the amount of prospects that there are on the roster, and I'm 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 unable to get fully confidently excited about it because I have a lot of trepidation about all of these other contracts that have been signed. And my fear is that the Cam Hillises of the world are going to be watching from the suite every night. I mean, I don't think Cam Hillis, I'm not sure that Cam Hillis played a single postseason game. And I'm not saying Cam Hillis is, you know, your, your next NHL call up, but he is a prospect. And I don't know that he got much, if any, playoff experience um but that's the thing you, you have the high-end prospects like Emil Heinemann um, who was brilliant at the um just head turning at the development camp you have high-end prospect like Yessa Ullinen um and in the playoffs we saw Ullinen uh, second line even third line um because the the top line was uh, you know, reserved for uh, an AHL, ECHL player like uh, Alex Belzeal, uh, who went out and, and took the most penalties in all of the AHL in the playoffs. Um, so a player like a Cam Hillis or a Jan Meshack, um, who could be developing at the third line level, um, is, is uh, you know, sent to the press box. Or in Cam Hillis's case, spent time in... in the ECHL, that mm-hmm. should be, it's the Peter Abandonados and and Gignacs that should be sent to the ECHL, not your young prospects. That, uh, again, it's just a, a completely different philosophy. I understand catering to the fans, um, but at the at the AHL level, uh, boy, you don't like to see that. And, and the Canadians have been especially criticized for the way they develop players and you think they would they would err on the other side of playing prospects too much um but it's it and and I'm not saying let's you know let's reserve our judgment before uh, until the games are played and we see how how, uh, how players are up. used yeah. fine I I'm I'm on board with that but it's it's not looking good right now no um, now, the one thing I will say, Jesse Ullinen, uh, with uh, who knows what could happen at training camp, but of anyone who could potentially contend for for maybe a fourth line spot with the Canadians, uh, Jesse Ullinen would be the guy who 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 might be able to make that jump. But okay, Jesse Ullinen is the most NHL ready player uh, from the Laval Rocket. Does is he well suited to the fourth line? Absolutely no. not. He should be playing second line mm-hmm. in the NHL, especially for uh, a team that's expected to be at the bottom of the standings. But how is he going to fit in the lineup when the the Montreal Canadiens right now have a thousand forwards, um, including Dvorak and Rem Pitlick and and um, Dadnoff, and you know it, it's. Um, it's frustrating. It is. It's very frustrating. And I mean, the Canadians are uh, anyone who says who who disagrees that they're not in a rebuild this year hasn't been paying attention. Uh, so I, I wasn't thrilled with Rem Pitlick being brought back um, on a two year deal. 
Um, you know, it's it's just that's another it's just as you say, it's a position that's being taken up by somebody. Uh, you know, the honestly, the points, the purpose of this coming season you know, yes, you want to start to to kind of right the ship for the for the NHL club, but it's also a good time to get uh, to get some of your your pro, your higher end prospects acclimated to the NHL. So again, we'll we'll reserve all full criticism or or things uh, and analysis for once uh, you know rosters are set and and we see how they're deployed. Um, quickly, just on the defensive side of things. Um, it's kind of almost evenly split. Uh, you've got your your players who were there either on either two-way NHL contracts or one-way AHL contracts who are not prospects. You've got Otto Leskinen, Corey Schooneman, Alex Green, who we just mentioned just got signed, Tori Dello is back, and Madison Bowie, uh, who came back, uh, who, was, who was signed on free agency day. Um, in addition, you've got four prospects. You've got Caden Gooley, Matthias Norlander, Gianni Fairbrother, and Arbor Jackeye. Um, I, I like those four. If those four are playing in Laval next year, uh, and none of them make the NHL roster, uh, I want to see. Then I want to see a, a back end that's two thirds prospects. I want to see all four of them in the lineup. Yeah, I, I, I agree. At the NHL level. Um, as far as the vets now, Matheson's been added to the list, Edmondson, Savard, and Weidman. So that leaves spots. And, and Weidman um, may not play every night. Um, you have Barron and Harris, um, who are likely the front runners for those positions. But maybe Caden Gooley maybe. earns a spot. Um, and, and it leaves call-up space for Norlander um, and, um, and maybe Jack Guy. Um, and uh, interestingly enough, Kent Hughes mentioned Corey Schooneman's name um, as being able to play the right side, and there's a real deficiency uh, on that side for the Canadians. So um, there might be some opportunities, um, but if they're not in Montreal, as you said, uh, they they should eat be eating up a ton of minutes um, for uh, the Laval Rocket. The defense for the Laval Rocket is not going to be the defense that the Laval Rocket had last year. Uh, J.F. Uhl, it was the one position that he did not tinker with, not just during the playoffs, but most of the regular season. He did not tinker with his blue line uh, very much at all because they worked well together as a unit and they got the job done. Uh, And okay, that's, you know, that's that's helpful for the goaltenders and it's it's helpful uh, to to help push them forward and get them in the playoffs and, and help them get deep into the playoffs. Um, but this year, now that you've got a, a strong core of prospects uh, on the back end, um, they're going to be less experienced. Yes, but now's the time. Uh, you know, the defense could very well not be uh, the strong suit that it was for JFO last year, but it certainly could be full of prospects gaining some great experience, and that's what we're hoping to see. So, as we said, you know, we there's not really a clear picture yet. We're just kind of talking about the fact that all the hopes have been in the basket ever since Gordon and Hughes were, were hired, that there was going to be a marked shift in developmental approach and philosophy in the organization. Um, and we're just starting to kind of take all of the early indicators and try to put those pieces together to, to determine whether or not 
that that's the path that things still tend to be on. And Rick, I think we're in agreement in that while there are some things that look to be hopeful, there's other things that kind of raise the eyebrow um, and make you a little unsure of whether or not there's a full developmental shift going in, going on in the organization yet or not. And we, we'd, we'd like to hear from JF who at the beginning of the season say, all right, that was last year. This year, um, it's going to be a completely different show, completely different opportunities for uh, the prospects. We'd like to hear that. <laughs> and I'm sure that we will. And I'm sure uh, preseason, before the season starts, uh, of course, JFO will will be invited to join us once again on the show. He's been on the show uh, two or three times throughout the season this past season. And hopefully he'll be back with us again uh, before the season. And we can ask him directly right here and just talk a little bit about uh, whether or not, you know, development has has shifted. Uh, we are going to take a quick break. Uh, here are our latest um, offers from our sponsors over at DraftKings. When we come back, we are going to get you caught up on everything else going on here at Rocket Sports Media. Uh, even though it, it's, it's the off-season for everyone else, not the off-season here. And we want to keep you up to date on everything going on. So don't go anywhere. You are listening to the Press Zone Podcast right here on Rocket Sports Radio. The action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this summer. With tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports, you can fuel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's right, make your first bet up to $1,000, and if it doesn't win, you'll get another shot to cash in. You can throw down on all the major action for baseball, golf, MMA, and more. Plus, with same-game parlays, spreads, money lines, over-unders, and props, your betting options feel endless. Best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. And welcome back to the Press Zone podcast right here on the AHL Report and Rocket Sports Media. Once again, I'm your host, Amy Johnson, joined by my co-host, Rick Stevens. Uh, let's uh, let's just check in with you on a few things. Are you subscribed to the podcast? If you're not, uh, if you would just take a minute and hit that subscribe button. We're here with you every single week, bringing you all the latest on Habs prospects and things that are going on with the Laval Rocket in the Habs organization. Uh, also, uh, the best way, if you're in, if you've enjoyed our show, whether it's just this week as a new listener, or if you've been a listener for the five seasons that we've been on the air, uh, and and you enjoy what we do each and every week, uh, the best way that you can help us is just to share this podcast on your social media platforms. Just hit that share button; takes just a second to do that. It would be a ton of help. And be sure to follow us at the AHL on Twitter. Uh, you can also find us at the Press Zone. Uh, Rick, want to point people in the direction of ahlreport.com. Uh, very, very 
useful resource on the website right now. Our dear friend and colleague Patrick Williams uh, has his most recent under review column out, and this is a this one is is really important. He has compiled. Uh, it was published on free agency day. He's compiled a list of at the start of free agency, all of the available free agents in the AHL. Uh, it's an extensive list of, of free agents. Now, a lot of them are, are off the board now, but there are still plenty out there. So if you're looking to see, you know, who was available, who could even contend for, for some NHL contract, NHL two-way contracts, uh, who's available out there, uh, it's a great resource. I highly recommend you check that out at ahlreport.com. Um, Rick, you mentioned that uh, we mentioned at the top of the show that folks also should be subscribed to the Canadians Connection podcast. I want to say congratulations to you on last week's show. Not only was it great, not only did you get to live react to the Petrie trade, but it was Canadians Connection's 200th episode. 200th episode. I know. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. Thank you. We. Uh- and and you participated in that as well because you've been on many episodes of the Canadians <laughs> Connection. I have, and two hundred episodes is is quite a feat. And that's just for the Canadians Connection version of that podcast. Prior to that, the podcast was called Habs Three Hundred and Sixty with you and Chris G, which you you two had done for a number of seasons. Yeah, it goes back to twenty eleven. We've been doing podcasts about the Montreal Canadiens on uh, Saturday every Saturday afternoon. Um, and so 250 episodes of Habs 360. Then we rebranded to the Canadians Connection uh, and 200 episodes of that. So almost at a collaborative 500 episodes. Almost. Mm-hmm. Not going to be too much longer. Congratulations to you. Uh, I, you know, as uh, you know, doing this show every week, you know, we've uh, we're at this is episode 265. I know what a lot of work it is to to put in 200 episodes and produce 200 episodes. So congratulations to you. If you are not subscribed to the Canadians Connection podcast, be sure to do that at uh, Habs Connection on Twitter or just head over to CanadiansConnection.fm. Also, be sure you're checking out and following along to all of the things happening on the All Habs Hockey Magazine website. You can follow that, find that at allhabs.net. Uh, and also, are you subscribed to our YouTube channel? You can find us at youtube.com slash allhabs. Uh, let me tell you, we've had uh, just absolutely blown up in views and subscribers this month uh starting with uh the nhl draft we had over three thousand views uh, actually I, I believe we're at four thousand views now on our special tri- uh draft reaction video uh and it's uh, this past week's <clears throat> excuse me this past week's video on free agency uh also equally uh popular lots of views there some great comments on our feedback forum questions so make sure you check that out and subscribe youtube.com slash all habs and with that rick you know it's funny to me i i almost wanted to to put out a tweet in the same vein as pretty much every single mainstream guy and i'm not talking just montreal i'm talking across (laughs) across hockey coverage in every market on a national basis that like 10 o'clock the morning after free agency started, you started seeing every 
Well, I've just I've just filed my last and I'll see you in September. And I, you know, it just made me chuckle um, because that's never been our philosophy at Rocket Sports. And I I I took everything in my power to not put out a tweet to say, well, folks, I haven't. (laughs) And myself and the rest of the Rocket Sports team will be here uh, for the rest of the summer. We're not going anywhere. Yeah, we're kind of workaholics. We might take a week off, uh, a week or two off in August uh, just to to kind of regroup a little bit. But aside from that, we are here every single week. There's still lots to talk about. All of these signings are happening. Uh, The World Juniors are about to happen in a couple of weeks. uh, So we definitely are going to bring you coverage about that. Um, And and lots of things going on. So, Rick, uh, it's... And the Montreal Canadiens roster um, is too rich. The cap has to be reduced. So there's got to be, there's got to be more moves out there coming. So you want to stay tuned for those. And there's going to be an an assistant coach hired at some point. Mm Mm-hmm. Lots of news, so we're going to be bringing it to you. Uh, We're glad that you're here with us every week, and we can't wait to see you back here next Tuesday for another great episode of The Press Zone uh, with Patrick Williams. will be back with us for the AHL Hot Stove next week. You don't want to miss it. You have been listening to The Press Zone right here on Rocket Sports Radio. Click subscribe to never miss an episode of The Press Zone on Rocket Sports Radio. Visit AHLReport.com for the latest news on hockey prospects.